Hello, my name is Tom Langson, and welcome to this episode of the Telltales Podcast. In this episode, I had the opportunity to attend the university's Game Jam, an event hosted by the Creative and Cultural Industries Faculty. It brings together a wide variety of people from current students studying across all levels to past students and local colleges, where they hold a strong interest in game development. The Game Jam runs for a week, four days of producing the game itself, with the Friday an opportunity to demonstrate and play all the games available. The event is judged by staff and industry experts, and awards are being given out for a range of categories. I started by talking to Alex Council, one of the organisers of this year's Game Jam. I'm Alex Council, um, I work in the Faculty of CCI, and I'm one of the staff members helping organise um, the 11th Annual Game Jam this year. So what is a Game Jam? Well, Game Jam is a week-long event where teams from any kind of background or kind of discipline can get together, collaborate to make a game within a week. We don't do the traditional kind of 24-hour or 48-hour overnight because we're trying to promote that non-crunch time. So normal working hours and making sure you can get a game done between Monday at kind of, say, 10 o'clock and then um, Friday at 11 o'clock when everyone has to down tools. Um, and then all the games are out, like you can see at the moment where everyone will go around and vote for their people's choice and we have industry and alumni who come down as um, official judging panel who will then make choices for the, the best overall game category. And from your, your point of view, how much help do they get once you tell them to get going? They can have as little or as much help as is available. Um, we, we encourage people to kind of find new teams or set a team up and bring it anything goes basically and including it's not just computer games we encourage the making of board games and card games as well and we've got a few of those here this year as well some card games and board games that people have made so yeah it's a collaborative event if you're stuck you could reach out to the next team next to you and ask for some coding help and if people are available they generally do reach out and kind of help I guess there's varying degrees of ability coming okay. into this. Yeah. I'd say, say for me, I'd like to make a game, but I have no idea how. Okay, well, then, then what we generally try and do is to try and not have a team full of people who've got no experience trying to make a game. We would try and attach those to experienced game makers, and then they can help out in any way they can, like making some menus or, or making a bit of, you know, like um, some textures or a yeah. model, or making some music or making sound effects. You know, everyone can help out to a certain degree because there's so much that's needed for a game. Lots of different assets. But yeah, we would encourage people who'd never ever made a game before, have got no experience of that, to try and attach themselves to an experienced team um, and with at least one programmer in so they can get a game made. <laughs> that would help. Yeah. <laughs> and is this across like all levels of the university or is it all like final year students? Or It's open to anyone. We've got a number of FE colleges. We've got some industry people that have decided to take a week out and come down and make a game because they enjoy the event so much. Um, it's open to anyone and any ability. It's all inclusive. That's that's the spirit of the game jam, is to make sure that nobody feels like they're not ready. They can come and even just shadow a team and learn about a game during the week. It's a, it's an inclusive event, and it's not meant to keep anyone out. So across the university, across the local community, um, anyone's welcome. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. So I'm Michael West, I'm the programmer for this game. I'm Stephen Ramkalawan and I'm the artist for the game. So basically we just worked together on this game. Um, it's developed in Unreal Engine because that's where I'm better at. There's a couple of others but Unreal was my better one. Um, we had an idea for, the theme was like kind of, we had Mexico and some people, um, like a librarian or something was a theme? Yeah. I can't remember her name exactly. Uh, an author. 
Oh, and, um, yeah. Anyway, we decided to make a game that was just fun, and we thought, well, an endless survivor against waves is quite fun. Well, it's okay. It's got an end. It's got a boss. Uh, but there, we thought this would be fun because at least it gives people a challenge as well as you know, it's the skill based. So, yeah. Um, so our game Mexico is kind of. I'd say the best replica of it is like Call of Duty Zombies, where you're uh, killing floor. Or killing floor. That's killing floor would be a good one. As well. Where you have to uh, survive for e- killing so many enemies per round, and then once you get to the eleventh round, you fight a boss who is bigger, he's tougher. And as the rounds go on, the map opens up, so you can go f- uh, you can go into more areas, um, but the enemies increase more. So I think by round ten, you have to fight like 140 of them, and it gets crazy, yeah. really crazy. I've been playing the like let's say the COD Zombies, that's where I'm good at. I've been playing that for years, but I can struggle to get past round eight. It's near, it's nearly impossible for me to do it. So I'd l- I really want to see if someone can do it. I really want to see if they can do it, but. This is the first time we've done one just together. Yeah, just the two of us. So how does it work, obviously, with the different skill sets? So obviously, from the coding and the, the, the design side, how do you, where do you start? Do you start with the code? Do you start with the design? Uh, probably the design. design. Just, like, think of an idea that we can both sort of think, okay, we could do that, and then we just half it, saying, like, okay, I'll make this, you can make that. And we just pretty much rely on each other. So it's like, if I've got this problem... It's not my problem, it would be his. And then if he's got a problem, he sends it to me. And it's like, I can fix that. So we very much know each other's skill set, and we just harmonise really well. Yeah. Well, there's also a fact that we would one would suggest an idea, and the other would have to think, can I do it, and how I'd go about doing it. So you would suggest something like, oh, can we have them, um, what was a it? Grenade go, or something. Yeah, throw a grenade. And I would try and figure out how I could go about doing it. If I believed it was possible, I'd give it a go. Or like, can we open up the rounds? Then I would just get a quick idea how I could go about doing that and then I would do that but the fact the fact um, we can sit next to each other discuss what we're doing and we know each other's skills and what we can and can't do it makes it so much easier rather than going like really ambitious and then not getting anything out mm-hmm. um, and again from the look of it it's, 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 it's a very nice and very slick moving game but it is sort of two-tone black and white yeah. mm. so you've obviously kind of thought let's make it not Simple's the wrong. It, it's definitely not simple, but it, it's alright. It's right. it, it, but it's 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 a very stylized, you, yeah, stylized design that you can work with uh, maybe quickly mm, because yeah. of the time frame you're working to. Yeah. yeah, that was the main idea. You're going for it. Yes. Mm. So my idea was because it was just going to be us two, and I thought to myself, it would take so long to have to texture, unwrap, and do all the extra parts of it. There had to be a faster way to, to get a better looking game, but also you know make it look nice. So I thought. I could implement a shader, which essentially does the uh, black and white effect. Uh, so trying to give it a more stylized look to something akin to, say, Return of the Obra Dinn. So that was kind of an inspiration for it. It works out well, because it limits the work you have to do, because you have to make all the assets, make the world, do all the animation and all that stuff. And with each asset, there was like at least seven different um, environment ones, as well as the whole map itself, the floor, the player, the character, the gun. So that's a lot more work. But if we do this, it makes it look cool and cuts his work by about half. So it's, you know, it's, um, it's, it's any um, whole game jam. We have a week, 34 hours, I think, to do the whole thing. So you want to limit the work you do and do the best you can. Um, so that's what, that's what this whole shade is for, so we can actually get a really good-looking game and it will work in very well, which I personally believe it is working brilliantly and so far everyone keeps coming up going I want to play a game I want to play a game I'm loving it and I haven't seen anyone beat round 4 yet but I've seen someone beat round 7 ooh yeah 
<laughs> so they're getting close. They're getting close, but they haven't beaten the boss yet. You'll see. You'll see the boss because he is about like he's like seven foot tall, so he's bigger than everyone. <laughs> so, what level are you guys studying at or working in at the moment? Where, where um, do you? <laughs> well, we've we're final year, so we've just done our final year. So we'll be graduating in July. So we've done it all. Um, yeah, um, if I if I tried to attempt this my first year, I wouldn't have done it. But it's oh, yeah. through going through like three years at uni, learning, struggling, screaming <laughs> several times <laughs> that we were able to actually create this game. This is the first one we've uh, actually got working fully and operational because we've done all the game jams beforehand, our first year and our second year and third year. This is the only one where it's a finalised project that we're actually both happy with. So. And with it being such a, a good game so far and getting a really good response, would Cheers. you consider taking it further... Down the, down the rabbit hole. Would you want to work on it again? Oh, you, yeah, definitely. Would actually, like this is something that I thought this is such a nutty idea. This could be fun, and I mean there are plenty of you know comparative games, Call of Duty, Zombies, uh, Killing Floor, to name a few. But this one could be something interesting to add to that pool if we work further. Yeah. And oops, sorry. Yeah. At the very least. Um, I, last year I took a game we were previously making and it wasn't finished but I've been working on my own time because I, I like the look of it and I want it done this one it's now working perfectly the shade's there um, it can always be improved I can always add more but I definitely want to take this away and I'm adding it to my portfolio because I'm proud of this this is a work I did in four days basically four and a half days and I am very proud of its final piece So, and it looks like everyone's enjoying it So, which is the main point for games is to make something which everyone enjoys state your names and what your, your project is yeah uh, I'm Daniel and this is Oliver our group name is 3x3VR and we did we, well we tried to build a VR um, horror slash versus game it's not it didn't really end up being a horror game but essentially there are two players one is in PC one is in VR and they play against each other um, they have different objectives so obviously each of them is trying to win against the other one um, we, it was a struggle, it was a challenge, but I think we managed to do as much as we could in the time span of the, so how the game you, jam. How did you come up with the idea? Cause, and how did you decide you wanted to use VR? Um, well, basically, Oli has been working with VR for several years now, and that's also his job. So he is good at programming in VR, and me and the other artists, we have had experience using VR as well uh, two years ago worked on the VR project as well so I was like why not why, why not give it a go again um, and yeah basically that was a we just came up with an idea during the first day we tried to come up with something quickly uh, originally it was going to be a game where you just shoot against random enemies and then all it was like why don't we try to incorporate sorry both VR and PC so yeah it's a, a, a big challenge. It's an audacious project to, to try and do yeah. between PC and VR and, and run it that way. As, as one of the artists, how do you find designing within sort of a, a standard PC type game to what VR now offers? Is, is there much difference? Or um, for this particular project, I don't think there is much of a difference because the, the level is not that big. But obviously, VR has a bit more restrictions, so you have to take into consideration how both players would see it so 
the VR ones, there are some like technical tricks that we use when developing assets. So most of these tricks don't particularly work in VR. So we have to think about that. But because we only had like a week to build it, we couldn't really like go in depth doing that. So I mean, we just tried to do our best. Um, and from your day one concept, how do you go about? working as a team to produce something that's where, where do you start in the process and how far down the line do you start to sort of have to take bits out that you may have thought of at the beginning um, well we started with a basic asset list uh, for me and the other artists what we need to do and basically what we need to implement um, Oli was working on the programming and developing the mechanics and gameplay in the meantime um, I think it was by day three when we realised wait we have a lot more things that we want to do than the time that we have so we started cutting our assets and then we're cutting out stuff probably even until yesterday and it was mainly the texturing that I had to like give up on. I had to just do flat colours on most of the assets. And and sort of going forward, you're currently a master's student, are you <laughs> graduating this year? Yep. Yeah. Um, from doing these kind of projects, how do you have any way, have you got a, like a job to go to yet? Are you, is this something that you'd be able to put in your portfolio? What? I mean, it definitely will be something that I can, if I improve on, I can definitely put on my portfolio. Like, the, the things that we did were, are not bad, but they still need a bit more polishing. Um, I do have a job that is a QA job, so it's not particularly the area that I want to focus on, but it's a starting job. And it, I do think it's a good challenge. And as a master student, it definitely gives me the opportunity to put what I've learned for the last couple of years, and including the last year as well into practice and I can definitely see the difference in what I've learned over the last year doing the masters than what I had in my undergraduate as well. What's your name Tariq? I'm Oliver Tower. And you graduated two years ago now? Yep. Um, are you working within VR outside now? I Currently I am. Um, I uh, Soon after I graduated I managed to get a job in a small VR development team. Um, I mainly do uh, Business to business, uh, VR. Yeah. Um, developing uh, pro mainly prototypes for VR to see how VR can be used in a business place, um, and obviously by the people who work there. Um, but I also do get to still work on VR games from time to time. And obviously, when, when your job is also your hobby in certain respects, how much time are you able to, to make for games, or do you use like the game jam as that venting process compared to your work you do at work? Um. Yeah, no, I, I would say Gabe, Gabe Jam is uh, one, one of the venting processes. Um, I'm, I'm quite fortunate that I get to obviously work on uh, game, host game concepts at my, at my workplace at the same time. Otherwise, I imagine I'd do a lot more games outside of, outside of work. What are the biggest constraints at the moment in, in VR development? Um, biggest constraints, uh, at least I would say it's mainly screen resolution and performance. Obviously, VR is very, very intensive. Um, uh, admittedly, uh, Oculus, Oculus make great bounds, make it highly accessible. Um, but yeah, current current bottlenecks are based screen re screen resolution and like the power needed to get a good VR experience. And, and with that, obviously, that you have stuff like Google Cardboard at the lowest end of what people would, I guess, term as VR. Yeah. How, how is the de a developer? Do you work between multi-platforms? And do you look at stuff like just the, your phone headset VR compared to what you have with like the Vive and the HD, uh, 
Um, I, I mainly work with consumer level level VR, so that's the Vive, Oculus. Um, uh, up going up towards a bit of the more uh, commercial levels, such as the Vive Pro. Um, I believe, obviously, it, uh, Google Cardboard provides a great spring step into what VR is now. Um, Oculus is making good steps towards making that lower end. Low, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, so they go the Oculus Go. Um, it's based on Android. It's basically a souped-up Google Cardboard. If you look at it that way, which is a really nice like entrance entranceway into VR. Do you think VR will take a bigger hold going forward? Because again, like you say, for the the PC and the like, the bigger kits that you need to work on, they are very expensive. Which again, in a business environment, may very well sort of yeah. translate. But for the consumer, it can be priced out the market. Statistically, PlayStation VR, I believe, is the most successful out of all of them. Um, uh, at least in my, 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 my personal opinion, I think Oculus is making great strides in making VR way more accessible um, to like you know um, to everyone. Um, I, I, I tend to favour the vibes, but from a professional standard, Oculus are doing great work. Obviously, they recently released uh, the Oculus Quest. No need for a complicated PC or rig. Um, it's, it's got a decent amount of power behind it. Uh, Engineering-wise, it's it's amazing. No need for external tracking like other systems have. Whether or not, at the moment, VR has done better than I thought initially would. Um, yeah, it isn't necessarily a mainstay yet, but I think it's making good progress and it's worth keeping an eye on. So at this point, I was able to don the VR headset and take a look around their world. So you should now be able to see... Uh, Walking about. Not at the moment. I can, I'm, I'm currently looking at the like the map, but from a, a god-like view. So I'm looking down on the whole map, and I can't see anyone in there at the moment. You should see in the in the main room. Yeah. Uh, just by the stairs. No. Can you see that now? Not at the moment. Uh, I imagine it's probably another another bug. <laughs> it's fine. What would it, it looks amazing, like the, like this top-down view of the, of the the entire world. What was the concept of the game idea? What would what would I be doing as the VR user compared to the PC user? So the PC the PC user has a a, a classic uh, first person. Uh, play to it. So, you know, over, over the shoulder camera, you can uh, see walk about and interact with the world. And the VR player obviously would have that, I wouldn't say that godlike view. Yeah. And um, he would be able to spawn these ghosts uh, that you I could see. then path through. And the idea was is that, um, so this lady here, she's got to go to these points wait there for a while and basically she's got to get five of these points to win the game um, and the VR player was going to be able to spawn ghosts and if the ghost saw her then the VR player would be able to saw her and um, the VR player could click on these and shoot they would shoot books out and the idea, the, the idea was that the VR player would be able to activate all these obstacles traps um, then the, the first player would have to avoid hide from the VR player so it's a very good idea. I love the it, I love the concept. It's a good idea, but um, a couple of the key 
things that need to get done fell through, basically. I mean, we tried, we tried as we were a team of one developer. Yeah. We tried, we failed, we had fun. That's Game Jam. Would, would this kind of... From, from starting here, and you, you now have this kind of start of a project, is it something you're going to actually continue afterwards? Is it a game you're going to try and complete, or at least... Um, form into some so, so sometimes I, I, I do take game jam my game jam projects and like more just finish them off more for my own satisfaction than anything um, there are there are some obviously quite notable games in industry which started as game jam games that the developers then were like you know what this is a great idea we should take this further and obviously they did and then they, they, they really blew up how hard is it from producing a game here or at Game Jam or yourself? How hard is it to get and kind of put it out to the public? Because, like, musically, for instance, people can now record in their ha- at home. Mm. They can make an album, make a song, put it on on YouTube as a video, put it on SoundCloud, and their things out. There. Are you able to release through Steam? Do you just do it through a website? Um, there. There is a, there's a lot of ways nowadays to get uh, to there's a to get games out there. There are the, obviously there's a multitude of platforms. Um, obviously, some of the more no, no, notable one being obviously Steam. There's Itch.io, which is built around that concept. Um, there is other platforms such less known platforms such as GOG. Um, there, there, there's lots of ways to get your game out there. I'm Stephen Mark Smith. I am a game designer. And how many of you were working on this particular project? Um, so our team was a team of six, and we had an um, extra guy come in to do the bits that we couldn't do. Uh, so what was the idea? How, well, how, what was the concept that you first came up with? So our original idea was to be a sort of like a fish in a river trying to escape from a hurricane in the river sticks. Um, obviously it sort of turned out a bit differently because we didn't have hurricanes, but... So, so the whole idea was just fish, um, Mexican art styles based on death. I mean, the art side I wasn't really too much involved in, so yeah. I'm not really the best person to tell you about that, but still. From everything I've seen for the, the week you guys have had to make it, they all look fantastic. So how did you start the process, and what was your kind of first thoughts, and then are you happy with where you ended up? Um, so how we started was, okay, what can we realistically make an unreal in a week, which is where we came up with the idea for an endless runner because it was like okay level designs just you can make like some cells that just that are just like small little chunks that are randomly generated um so obviously my job in particular was to block out how the, the cells would look so so obviously the final version you're seeing is obviously not what i did but what i did was like all squares cubes random flat planes all that stuff the artists basically made the assets to make it look pretty and helped me to populate the um, thing to make it look good. And how, how do you get to the game over point? How do you lose the game? So you're either meant to get hit twice by two fish or um, eat enough skulls. The other way to get a game over is to um, run out of time. So we put in a particular mechanic where if you collect the good thing at the good orbs they give you extra 30 seconds so um, it's basically just that's how you keep it going as long as you can yeah. and obviously you can see in our game over screen our score is calculated between the distance and how many um, coins you collected yeah um, 
if you'd had more time, what else would you have kind of maybe added into this as a, a final piece? Um, so yeah, we were going to implement a feature where you had like um, fishermen with um, hooks, um, like obviously trying to fish you out, yeah. and if you get caught in it, you'd have to like struggle to get out. We had like a proper button mashing mechanic plan. We we had it all thought out. We were going to implement it today, but unfortunately, we um, ran out of time. Now, and what level are you? Are you at the university, or are you? I'm a master's student at the minute. And is this your final year then? Yeah, I finish in September. Um, what are you hoping to do after this? Um, either hoping to go into industry as a quality assurance tester or a graduate level designer. But obviously getting into that position is quite difficult. With, with the fact you can now kind of get lots of these engines for your own personal machines, how, how much of it can you kind of like realistically do on your own? So if I was to go on my own, I can easily make something like this in Unreal, but obviously without the pretty artwork. So it would just be like some random cubes and spheres all over the place, but it would still um, get the job done. Do you have other friends that you maybe collaborate with outside of sort of Game Jam normally? Or um, do you... You, at the minute, I'm just having to work on my own based on just the fact that I'm like overcommitted by my masters at the minute. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I should um, get to know some people in the future. Yeah, I didn't really know too many people. And how, well, has Game Jam helped you get to know some more people, like d- developers and artists? It's, it's, it's definitely been um, a good experience for me. I've, I've been this is my third one now, so um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely been an enjoyable experience for me. And. Finally, to, to sort of finish up, then for the the other game jams you did, have you always been able to get the game out in time? Um, so the first one didn't really go so well because I was like extremely inexperienced, so I didn't know how game jams worked. I didn't know the engine that I used very well, so it just didn't work out. Whereas in the um, last game jam, I worked with an audio person and an artist to create like a two D platformer, which actually won an award. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So we got the um, Best Engagement with Diversity Award last year because our um, music guy knew um, the Indian culture very well because that was part of the theme last year. And um, it, it, you know, it worked out in our favour. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you, man. What's, what's your name and who have you been working so with? So I'm Nathan, uh, with, uh, team can't believe we've done this, so I've got uh, Tilly and Charlie just left, uh, and Lewis has been working on this game, um, beat you to it. So it's a um, 2D sort of, sort of top-down sort of sides uh, on type um, capture the flag shooter thing. So you've uh, two people running around with water guns, uh, grab the flag, get it back to your sandcastle, um, you get hit by a beach ball, or if you get shot by a water gun, uh, you drop the flag, and you've got to go pick it up again. And it's just first three who can get it back first. Um, so how did you come up with the, the concept? So I think originally we were, we were looking at the uh, themes, and we were like, we were going to make a like a fighting game against lawyers, and we we're just like, that sounds really difficult to make in Game Maker, which is all we actually can use at the moment. That's all we've learned. So. Um, we're sort of like, well, maybe we can make something like, uh, make, uh, so we end, I can't remember exactly how we came about, but we ended up with, let's do a capture the flag game, uh, and with the, like a shooter type thing, and let's make it water guns, because that's kind of fun, and fits with the theme of the beach scene, so, uh, yeah, so it's like. At this point, somebody wanted to join the game, so Nathan took up the second controller, showed him how to play, but got a little distracted. Sorry, uh, so it's. Uh, your controls are there, so you, so you move around. 
uh, you got your uh, so your left trigger will pump up the pressure. So you've got two two gauges at the top right there, right? So the blue one is water. You refill that at the bottom right, at the bottom of the, in the water, and then your pressure gauge. So you've got to keep pumping up the pressure in your water gun so you can shoot. So if it let, drops too low, you can't shoot. Um, aim with right trigger for your water gun. And I'm out of water. So yeah, so it's it's. Um, so we've got you've got the arrow there. The the purple arrow point towards if you. So when the flag is uh, dropped, the red arrow points to where the flag is, and then uh, if someone picks up the flag, it goes purple, and it will point to where the flag is, where the person is with the flag. Uh, so you've got to get it to the top, the flag to the top right. Uh, so you're, the, the blue base is up in the top right, red base is up in the top left. Um, that's the flag return. That should have. Oh, you got right. So you got hit by a beach ball there. So the beach ball will do the same thing as getting hit by a water gun. So you just uh, you drop the flag, get stunned for a second. And I. Um, wait. So within get, the team. How did you define the roles of who did So, um, the five of us have, uh, so there's five of us. Um, myself and uh, Lewis were doing the programming. So we basically just sort of picked, picked a bit that we need to do for the game, like movement or shooting. And one of us just goes, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And we start, so we get on that and try and program that. Once we've uh, got sort of a framework on one of the PCs, on one of our uh, versions, um, the other one, we're just uh, copies over basically whatever they've managed to come up with, and um, uh, pe- copy that into the other person's program. Um, Tilly and Josh, I think, um, were doing the art, um, which is good because um, it would look nowhere near as good as this uh, if we were drawing it, because can't draw it's awful um so they were doing the art charlie was basically doing whatever was needed he was sort of moving around doing whatever was needed so a few of the art assets like the um the water projectiles and stuff were done by charlie the uh like the water tank was charlie's design um but also like the uh the menu design and the sound was uh, charlie put those together or well charlie uh, found the sound um God. Ah, I don't know where you are. Nice, there you go. Blue team wins. Um, but yeah, so it's yeah. So Lewis and I were doing the coding. Uh, Charlie was doing whatever was needed. Bit of coding, bit of art. Uh, find bit of finding whatever it was we needed. And then yeah, Tilly and the Josh. Yes. Josh. Um, uh, was we're doing the art together. Um, just off putting it together, sending it over. We'll stick it in the uh, master copy of the game. Um, so I, I put together like all the movement and stuff. So then, so that was the master copy of the game. Lewis was doing things like the flag, uh, getting that to randomly place. Um, once he got that working, put that into the master copy of the game. Once he was convinced that it wasn't going to break everything. And then sometimes it broke anyway. How, but, um, how, how is like two different coders, do you kind of reconcile that they, you know you build one bit but then when another bit goes in it breaks your code or how do, again not knowing much about how games are developed and designed it's, how does that work for you it's basically just a case of um, so once I've uh, I've 
I did basically the main the framework of the uh, game, and then he did more of the a lot of the more interactive part of the game beyond just sort of moving around. Um, so he would put that together in sort of a test environment sort of thing, where it's it's not got all of the art any of the art assets or any of like the controller movement he just did all of his with the i did all of my stuff with the console anything testing i did i did with the controller because that's just what i I programmed just that in he did it all with the um keyboard so um he's testing that around sticks that into the game and then we sort of work together basically trying to look at okay this hasn't worked quite right right why hasn't this worked right right it's because oh it's because you've named that object differently. So the player object isn't named the same in both versions. So we have to go through, figure out where it's been named wrong, just adjust that and fix it. So we have to, so it's a team effort really. It's like, um, I, don't, I don't mind that his, they, what he's done has broken what I've done because it's only, it's inevitable because we have different coding styles. So it's, all, it's gonna look slightly different whatever we do. So it's never gonna mesh perfectly straight away. Um, and what, what year are you studying in the, at the moment? So this, we've just finished our um, second year at college. Um, so you're, you're at college? So, yes, yeah, so we're at college. So we've just finished at, uh, second year at Fairham College, um, our level three uh, IT course. Um, it's actually my third year because I was in a level two course first. But yeah, so we just fit, this is, we've just finished our level three, our second year level three. So would you... Again, looking forward to once you've graduated college, are you looking to do some more kind of game design stuff? Yeah, so So I'm coming here to Portsmouth to do uh, games technology. Um, So yeah, I'll be doing more of this. I think Lewis is doing a similar course at Bournemouth. So yeah, we're going to do the same thing. Tilly is doing games art uh, in Norwich, I think. And Charlie's doing... Uh, environment design so he's doing something slightly different to the rest of us but he's still sort of sticking with the gaming sort of stuff um, Josh is actually the first year of the course uh, which is why I don't really know his name um, uh, we vote, so we've only actually we only had four people from the second year who wanted to do it this year um, <clears throat> which was us four we made uh, earlier in the year we made a game as a team for another project um, so they basically so we basically just sort of like You've just made you've made this game as a team before. Do you want to go do game jam and do the same thing? He's like, yeah, sure. Um, we need one more person. So she, like, right. He is doing. He is the artist for the first year team. You can have him because otherwise Tilly's gonna never get the art done. She's gonna be too stressed. So um, they're a little bit unimpressed with that uh, outcome because it means they don't have a dedicated artist. But we're fine because we've got two. Uh, and it's turned out really well. I'm really happy with the way it looks, actually. Really, really nice. And um, what would you maybe have done differently through the process? I think we, the, way we, the way we were making the game has been... I don't think I've uh, got any problems with the way we were making the game. The biggest issue is the um, engine. Game Maker doesn't do collisions very well. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of the time there's uh, sort of the issue of people getting stuck on objects a little bit when they're moving around, which is more of an issue with the uh, game maker as a whole uh, have been speaking to some people they've made some suggestions how to improve it in a future scenario but um, would hopefully like to do use different en- a different engine in the future anyway which would do it a bit better
Hello, uh, my name's Mark Bedstead. I uh, come from Supermassive Games. Uh, I graduated here about nine years ago. Um, been working around the industry for some time. Um, but yeah, I want to give back now, so I'm going to talk to the students and try and help out. So you're judging Game Jam today? I am, yes, yeah. And what is it you look for? So, um, I'm, I'm impressed because when I first started out in the industry, uh, engines weren't as freely available to students to learn from and we had to do a lot of work ourselves. So the game jams that we came up with were a lot more simpler, a lot more rudimentary. Nowadays you get so many tools uh, in engines that are capable of giving availability to students to create prototypes so much more rapidly. So seeing what they can create in a week is, is very impressive. So now, uh, knowing that what that kind of possibilities are, I'm, I'm looking for how students can go past that. How they can prove that they have the capability of doing that as a baseline, but then having the chance to show off any really good concepts and really interesting mechanics. Any ideas that uh, really expand upon the themes that were provided to them at the start of the week. Um, from that point onwards though, uh, any kind of really impressive artwork, uh, any uh, impressive animations, anything that will really set them apart from the rest of the, the teams. So I'm just spending my time going around each game, playing and absorbing as much as possible and seeing which ones stand out when most possible. And this year, has there been anything that stands out? Uh, so far, we've only managed about a quarter of the games, but there are some quite impressive things. Some people are trying a lot more multiplayer these days. I think the en engine support helps a lot for that. Um, so a lot of games have got two, three, four-player kind of styles, go for those party styles, um, which is really nice to see because it means that more people can play their games at a setting like this. You've got lots of people coming around and groups of people. It means you get more people playing, which is always going to be better. And what kind of game would you play given the personal chance? Uh, personal chance from the stuff that's here today or uh, just in general? Just in general your... Oh, I see. Uh, so I'm always a fan of you kind of action-adventure games, anything that's kind of open world and you can explore, explore, find ways to unlock and kind of advance. Uh, my, my past in kind of game mechanics development has, has built on that. I, I've built games in that world, like advancing uh, RPG standings. So that's something I have a passion for. So... Obviously, that's probably quite hard to do with a game jam. Oh, of course, in, in, yes. In a, in a, in a time frame. Mm. Um, but how would you suggest people that do something at game jam, how, how would you go from there to translating into the larger environments? And in Taking the lessons learned from a game jam, I, I think, are really important because it gives you a chance to really know that you've got this deadline you've got to meet. And one of the important skills that I think is is gained from this that isn't gained from university is is the fact that in the real world when you're out in the industry and you're having to work in, to these strict deadlines you need to know what things are worth your focus uh, what is the most key points that need to be uh, give the, the improvement to the game you want to aim for that place where the game still can carry itself even though it's missing a few features that you cut originally because you just simply didn't have the budget for them um, which is a very important skill to try and really encapsulate and I believe that the week of Game Jam really does that and it helps students kind of I, I identify what their possibilities are and then I think a lot of them try to push that and it's good for them to have that experience of saying okay I pushed it and I achieved it or I pushed it and I didn't achieve it I can learn that for the next time I, I know that I can't do that kind of thing and when you're working for you how how tight are your deadlines in, in like comparison to sort of a week to make a game? 
Um, well, it depends on the scope of things. We obviously have much larger teams, much larger budgets, much larger kind of concepts. We have people who specialise in certain areas. I think one of the advantages of these smaller teams is that people can be more multifaceted in how they want to approach a game. They can find a, an opportunity to try something out that they might not need to simply because the project asked for it. You know, there isn't someone who's a dedicated animator on the team, but someone says, who might have done 3D character art, they'd be like, you know what, actually I'll give it a chance and try out rigging and see if I can actually get some movement and a walk cycle done because simply they just want it in this moment and the, the, that pressure drives them to learn it that quickly and uh, that, that can be a great place to be in. Um, I think when it comes to working from uh, in comparison, there's a lot to relate from this kind of structure of uh, completing something. I just think that when you get out into a job, the, the timelines are longer, but there's more work. So you've still got that kind of management of maybe meeting milestones and uh, trying to make sure that you have something that you want to achieve by a certain goal. And you could set that to yourself for like two weeks' time, and it would be the same kind of skills that they're learning here today. And finally, obviously you go to work, you do your job, and you do what you do within the industry. Do you still take time for yourself to make games? Or do you... Uh, is, is it now like you've got your, you know... You've got your job, you don't, you don't bring your work home. Yeah, that's, that's a real interesting one because um, it's definitely something I've wanted. I've always uh, said to myself to uh, give my ch a chance to have the creativity because when you're working in a studio, you are, you're going by, by design, you're going by something that's already been preset. You might be, have, you might be following an IP, you might be following uh, a you know, genre, etc. So you don't have a chance to test out other things. Um, so I do try, like at home, try to get in and just play around. also helps me keep it up to date with um, tool sets and engines that aren't being used in particular studio I'm working in because it's always nice to see how things do things better. So yeah, I, I do do try, but I will admit it's <laughs> my life unfortunately is something that a lot of these people need to realise is that there's a lot of crunch, there's a lot of overtime. You have to work hard and sometimes you just don't have the energy after a full day of looking at a screen to sit in front of another one, unfortunately. Thank you for listening to this particular episode. And please check out telltales.port.ac.uk for more stories and episodes from the Tell team. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TellPortsmouth. The music for this episode is called Nowhere Land by Kevin McLeod, and all copyright information can be found within our show notes.